0: Another episode. Okay, you've been having that plan. I mean, this has been something you've been trying to do for like the last four weeks here. I don't know what
1: you're talking about, Tony.
0: Get ready for the intro, and you interrupt with some nonsense. (laughs) That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. We got an interesting episode today, and we only have so many episodes to make interesting. I know we have three episodes left after today. Today is going to be the Matthew Swanson interview. We'll get him in Tony G Studios. Right after the intro, and that's going to be the whole show today. Is the, he's,
1: Yeah, he's, he's out in the waiting room right now. Yeah, the green room, Yeah, what the green they call it, room. the professional right.
0: business. Thanks, Will, for being professional with yep. uh, your vocabulary. Anyways, we have Matthew Swanson today in the green room. We'll bring him in, discuss the NFL draft. He is our NFL draft expert. That'll be the whole show. Thursday, another whole show of Jason Fonder. Going to get him back on the show. I mean, we, we told him on, at the 100th episode, we said, we'll get you back on before the season concludes. We're getting him Thursday. That'll be a great episode. I look forward to that. And then the season finale next Tuesday. Crazy. 5-4. May the 4th. May the 4th. Yep. Then we're done. We're talking strictly Star Wars. Yes. Even though I'm not... Even though I'm not Star Wars guy. Well, I, You're not a huge Star Wars guy? Never watched one. Don't tell Jason that. That's a discussion a huge, for another day, I He's guess. a huge Star Wars guy. We'll talk about it on Thursday. Anyways, that's going to be the final episode. Episode number 25. Final episode of season 6. I look forward to it, but, you know, I kind of dread it. That's you know, going to be sad. Mm-hmm. Say goodbye from Tony G Studios for a while until the summer Is say, subset yeah. podcast, Summer Ball, comes out. That'll just be Tony G an hour a week just to get some content out there for the Tony G Show. Then Season 7 of the Tony G Show will be released in September of 2021. We'll see you then after uh, we, we do our little hiatus here today. Before we preview today's show and get into it, Twitter's at Willis5312 for uh, Will McCormick, at Tony G Show for me. Our guest, Matthew Swanson at Swan 14 on Twitter. Get get at him for his NFL draft expertise. Tony G Show drops on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. I mean, pretty much anywhere that you get your podcast. I've been looking up. It, we're everywhere. I mean, we're Worldwide Will. World, I mean, that's a fact. Worldwide Will. That's your new nickname, Worldwide Will.
1: That's a mouthful of it. That is. He's going to be a tongue twister.
0: Ow now, brown cow. Okay, so let's preview today's show. Just one segment is going to be the whole thing. NFL draft expert Matthew Swanson. We'll ask him about certain positions. We'll ask him to rank his quarterbacks, cornerbacks, offensive linemen. We're going to ask him about some shockers and some sleepers, and then we're going to get into the official mock draft. It's going to be a shortened mock draft because, you know, we don't have all day. But we have, we'll we give him an opportunity to give his top ten in the mock draft, the NFC North, and then Packers' first couple of rounds where he thinks they'll go So it'll be a good show Are you ready for it Will? Well I'm ready That's what you say every time But are you ever really ready?
1: No I'm like, never Like truly
0: ready. internally ready
1: I pre- pre- like I don't prepare at all No Yeah ever
0: I, Sometimes I think you forget Where Tony G Studios even is
1: I just kind of check out During the show And I just talk <laughs> and It just kind of works out
0: Oh boy Matthew Swanson coming up Our NFL draft expert On the Tony G Show Our first segment of the day, our big segment of the day, really. I mean, this is the thing that Will and I have been advertising for, I don't know, last couple weeks now. I mean, it's been too long since this guy was last around. So let's get him on the show. Let's introduce him in today's episode. Our buddy, our NFL draft expert, Matthew Swanson. Matt, how you doing, my friend?
2: Tone, good as always, buddy. (laughs) Hey, great to be back, man. I I do miss being in the studio with all the COVID stuff going on. It's been tough, but... You know what? Happy to be here on the Tony G Show. You know
0: what? It's good to see your smiling face. The last couple times you've been on the show has been through a phone call. One of those two times was impromptu. You didn't know it was coming. I called you live. It was like season two, season three. <laughs> but, you know, whatever.
2: Yeah. Hey, a little it bit happens. of a shocker. You know what? It, I, it helps me out, though. I, yep. It helps uh, helps me prepare for the future, hopefully. We'll yeah. see what happens.
0: Our NFL draft expert, Matthew Swanson. Before we get started, at Matt M Swan 14 on Twitter. Yeah. Appreciate the shout-out. Yep. No free shout-outs. Give him a follow. I mean, you do have – you're very knowledgeable on the draft stuff. So let's just get into it. I mean, why keep beating around the bush here? I've prepared this kind of in advance with you, how this is going to be structured. I'm going to ask you these set of questions. Do not give me your predictions yet on which pick is going to go where. That will be our second half of the interview. So wait for the prediction on the team. You got that? Yeah. If not, you're fired. (laughs) All right. Players before picks here, Swanson. Rank the quarterbacks in this draft, all of them. All of them. All of them. Every single one. Do not predict where they go. Just rank them based on their play, what you've seen, and how you think they'll fare in the National Football League.
2: Number one, man, you gotta go with the GOAT, Trevor Lawrence. Those long flowing locks, man, long, lanky, six foot four, two hundred fifteen pounds, gunslinger. He is the most promising thing since Andrew Luck. And there's no doubt about that in my mind that he's the next big thing. I'm not going to say where he goes, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows, including you, Tone, knows I where he goes. Do do have my ideas. With number two, I'm going to give you a little bit of a shocker here. I'm going to go with Fields over Zach Wilson. Wow. Okay, interesting. Explain. My thought process behind this is that Fields is an extraordinary, extraordinary talent. And the thing with him is that I don't think he's put it all together yet, and Wilson hasn't either. But the thing is, I feel like Fields has played against better competition. Mm, in college i i think that's a big part of his success down the road is that he's going to be better acclimated to adjust to the speed of the game um i'm not saying that wilson won't be able to but i'm saying that fields transition is going to be much easier
0: so you think and i think this is a very valid reason byu is in the power five school and then there's ohio state big 10 you think the competition is going to play that much of a factor to Zach Wilson?
2: I do. I think the learning curve, I mean, he's in a pro style offense at Ohio State. I sure. Mean, um, BYU, definitely the offense was sound, prevalent, electric, but I feel like Ohio State prepares players better for the NFL.
0: Okay. So I don't know if I, I don't know your pick, so I don't know if I can use this as a transition or not, but let's go there. Third quarterback in the draft. Go ahead. Zach Wilson. Okay. There we go. There you go. Perfect transition.
2: Yeah. BYU Cougar, man, I'll tell you what, um, I do not hate on him at all. I like Fields better, but Wilson is uber-talented, man, and he's got some excellent upside. Yeah. I don't know, what What do you think about him, Tone? Because I know coming from BYU in a small school like that, it's kind of controversial. So we saw Josh Allen come from Wyoming. Yeah. We've seen other quarterbacks in that position as well. Do you have an opinion on him like that?
0: I think the opinion that I'm going to go to more so than anything else is – What you said, the school, does it play that much of a factor? Listen, I think it does initially, but Zach Wilson is a level of talent that I think exceeds that obstacle of going to a school like BYU. And obviously, I don't know the exact reason why he went to BYU. I don't know if it was because he thought he'd play right away. I don't know if it's because of other preferences or or morals that he follows knowing what BYU is known for. But for Zach Wilson and his talent level, the way he carries himself, I think no matter where he goes – That'll be an organization that will be able to build off of him, build him as a, as a quarterback, as a player. And I think he's going to help out wherever he goes. I mean, the type of talent that he brings, his speed, his arm, his accuracy, not to mention the acclaim that he is getting from around. I mean, he, this guy's a top five pick. No matter where he goes, it's going to be a success. I mean, I don't think it's like the Ryan Leaf thing where he's got the off-the-field issues. So that's what I think is... Going to separate him. He's going to be talented no matter where he goes. I mean, it's Zach Wilson. Yeah. So, whatever team needs a quarterback, I don't think there'll be a problem with him filling that role.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that point, Tone. And I, like I said, so these two that I just named are probably the most interchangeable in the draft I would process. agree.
0: I've gone back and forth in my head multiple times before this interview anyways. So, after the top three, this is where things can get a little dicey. Where do
2: you see? Trey Lance. Really? Yes. Okay. Elaborate. So and you're telling me to elaborate on everything here Come I mean, on, give me some That one that one shocks me. He's got the talent too. You look at fields and you look like you look at Wilson. okay They both have that athletic just very intriguing background. And Lance to me has an excellent arm. He does come from a smaller conference, obviously playing at North Dakota State. But look at what Carson Wentz did. He still made it to the league. Is he on a downside of his career right now or in a rough spot, I should say? Yes. But that doesn't mean that Trey Lance is going to be the same type of player. Lance has an arm. He can run. And he fits that prototypical new style of quarterback in the league. So I think he's going to excel wherever he goes. And the farther I think he falls down a draft board, as for any other quarterback, I think the better he does because he's going to be surrounded with better talent. But I think he's got the ability to come into a building and really change a team. And if he has to sit for a couple years, so be it.
0: Hmm. Okay. Now, obviously, I'm going to restate this. I don't know your picks. I don't know who you're going. I don't know how you're ranking these before you say them. So you telling me is the first I'm ever hearing about it. So I'm going to only guess here in saying that the next two that we're going to go over is going to be either Kyle Trask or Mac Jones from Alabama. Mac Jones Or Kyle Trask, is that your next two? Or is there some other cat going to play a role there?
2: There's another cat in the role. Really? Yeah, there is. I'm I'm floored. Yeah, the guy that I'm going to talk about next right now is Mac Jones. Okay, okay so some yep. people are saying he's going to yep. go to the Niners at three. That I don't. I see. mean, I'm sorry, but I don't know how you pick him over Lance, over Fields, or over Wilson.
0: The Daniel Jones, Mitchell Trubisky thing.
2: How do How do you do it? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, I just don't see it. I'm sorry, okay? You play at Alabama. You're playing with five-star recruits, a team that has five-star recruits on special teams, mind you. Yep. Which is not a luxury that a lot of other college football teams have, okay? But he's got the number one O-line in the nation. He's got how many first-round wide receivers has he played with the past couple of years? Like six, all of them. (laughs) So when he's making a throw, his guy's already open by five yards, And on tape, if you watch it, he consistently underthrows his receivers, and they have to come back to the ball. Mm -hmm. In terms of an athletic standpoint, in terms of an arm standpoint, I think he's just significantly lower than the guys that I've I've already listed. And that's my reasoning why he's down there.
0: So why put him at five, though? You mentioned all of these, he underthrows guys, he's been playing with talent his entire career. Yes. They could outshadow some deficiencies that he could have on the field. So why move him up to five? Why have him so high as five compared to the other names that you're going to mention that you have not yet?
2: I I would say because there's a significant drop-off when it comes to quarterbacks following him in consistency. So you look at guys like Kellen Mond, you look at Trask, okay? Yep. Trask had a great season, right? Yes, he did. But towards the end, he falls off a little bit. Um, Mac Jones continues to ascend and continues to lead his team to a championship. Yep. Jones has a really good leadership ability. And he's got kind of like those, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but like that Tom Brady-esque kind of persona where yeah. he's a leader. That demeanor. He's a, yes. Yep. He's a guy that's kind of like underrated team guy, like doesn't, isn't overly athletic and isn't going to wow you with his speed, but with his ability to break down defenses, he's going to kind of wow you with that factor and his mental part of his game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So...
0: Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, anybody else, your rankings.
2: I got to go with Kellen Mond following. Over Trask. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm going to go with Trask um, and then Davis Mills to follow that up. Sure. So. I believe that. I'll just round it out because I know that, I mean, I can go into depth about these guys. I know you can I know we got to keep moving. I I know you can Yeah. I love Kellen Mond coming out of Texas A&M. Originally, I thought maybe he'd have a little bit higher of a ceiling in college coming out as a I think he was a four-star recruit I'm, I'm thinking he was five but depending on the website or whether it be ESPN or rivals it can vary Mond was phenomenal in college just a guy that you know is going to come into a locker room and lead I'm calling him the Dak Prescott of this year's draft wow. class yeah wow yeah
0: you think he will have that same type of career trajectory of I, being a number
2: one guy getting the contract for a team
0: being a franchise
2: guy I, I think he has the opportunity to okay so, so if you look at these late round guys like Prescott fell to the fourth round Russell Wilson falls to the third round where do they go they go to excellent teams Dallas excellent offensive line run game everything to support the cast yeah just overall organizations really yeah it's phenomenal and then Seattle up and coming with Pete Carroll Seattle pays Matt Flynn that 15.27 million dollar contract or whatever what happens to Matt Flynn nothing goes down the tubes yeah. yeah exactly so I, I think Mond has a great athletic ability and a great ability to break down defenses. But I, what I love about him is his tenacity to compete and his ability to break down defenses. And then following that, Trask, obviously very intriguing, big arm guy, six foot five, two 225 pounds, coming from Florida. Has a bright future if he sits for a couple of years. I don't see him being a guy coming out right away. And then Davis Mills, somewhat in the same mold. I see him as a more accurate passer. Than Trask, but I still think I like Trask's ability to be mobile and do a couple more things. Okay, good. About e- that
0: it's good explanation. But here, here's the thing: I want to before we transition into other positions, and I'd love to hear your takes on where these guys go. But like I said, this is before our prediction part of this interview. As we're discussing the talent of these certain quarterbacks, and we're discussing the play that they have had because of their competition. So we talk about. You'd put Justin Fields over as Zach Wilson because Justin Fields played in the Big Ten, yep. very competitive. But Zach Wilson went to BYU. Mac Jones at Alabama, Kyle Trask at Florida. Does that play an impact on Trevor Lawrence, or is his talent just outshadow the fact that they have a tendency to play games? I mean, it's, it seems like once a year, ESPN hosts Clemson. Versus Virginia Tech, and it's like, why is that the primetime game? Because you know who's going to win. Does that play a factor, the fact that Clemson is one of those Alabama teams where they're always in the mix for a national championship?
2: I I, I think it's something you have to consider, but when you look at the playoff system, Clemson's been in it every year for the past four years. Yes. And they've proven themselves time and time again against that bigger competition. Uh, Did they get smoked by OSU this past year? Yes, Yes, They, they did. They did. Credit to Trey Sermon and the Ohio State Buckeyes. That, they that was a show and a half. They deserve it. And what I loved about that game also, so when you're talking about Justin Fields, talk about tenacity and ability to compete. Man, he got beat up in that game so early badly. on too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yes, Clemson's schedule is weak in the beginning of the year. Yep. But they played teams again last past year like Notre Dame, and then they got to the playoffs and played Ohio State. And they played somewhat well, okay? Um, was the competition throughout the whole season great? No. But when you got to those big games, those big name guys performed and you knew what you were getting. And I think in Trevor Lawrence, as a person, as a leader, as a pure talent, you know what you're getting. And I see so much of Andrew Luck in him with just the poise, composure, that cool, calm, collected feeling in crunch time. Um, I just love the guy. I I think he's going to do great things at the next level.
1: Do you think he's overhyped?
2: Hey, Will. How hey, you how's doing? Going? <laughs> yeah, really? Where'd you come from,
1: Will? It seems like a particular fan base who is pretty certain they're going to get him, I'm not going to mention because you're not naming picks yet, but I don't see that level of playing him where I'm like, wow, yeah, he is a talent. But at the same time, I don't watch him under a microscope, so I can't definitively say that.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, every player in the draft comes in with their flaws, but what you draft a guy on is his potential. And his, his ceiling is higher than any quarterbacks in this class, and his floor is already higher than every quarterback in this class, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So, I mean, you look at guys like, I don't know, Kyler Murray hyped up, Baker Mayfield. Johnny Manziel. Wasn't as hyped up till the end. Johnny Manziel hyped up. Every first-round quarterback that you see is going to be hyped up. So like this year. You look at, like, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, those top core guys. Who else is everybody talking about? Are people talking about the offensive tackles? Are people talking about the running backs, the corners? No. I think what you had is an excellent question because, yes, to a degree, I think every quarterback in every draft class is overhyped. But in terms of who this quarterback is this year, I think it's more verified than in the past.
0: This is a great conversation we're having about the NFL draft. I can't wait till we get to the prediction portion of this interview. But I do want to transfer our conversation from quarterbacks to a different type of back. Not running backs. Not halfbacks. Not fullbacks. I want to know cornerbacks. I want you to rank, but there's so many in this draft. I mean, they're very, very talented. There's There could be about five, six that go in the first round or go in the first one and a half rounds. Maybe even two rounds. So there's a lot of cornerback talent out there, Matt Swanson. But... I want you to rank the top three cornerbacks in this draft.
2: First of all, obviously, I I think it's pretty obvious in terms of the competition he's faced over his career at Alabama. Patrick Sertan. um, Guy's a pretty lanky corner. He could run, man. And he's proven time and time again that he can cover those big dogs like out of the SEC. Like you look at Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Did they get burned a couple of years ago? Oh, yeah, you better believe they did. It was, uh, it was a drubbing, but, I mean, that Clem- that LSU offense, excuse me, I'm thinking Clemson. That's all town? right. Come on no. Yeah, we're talking Trevor Isn't that bad? That. Uh, no, that's all right. But just knows how to play with the big dogs, and I, I think he's going to be a great addition to any defense. Um, not really hyped up. He's kind of just like a guy that's just there. I so, agree, yeah. Yeah, so if you look at, I don't know, do you remember when the Raiders drafted Cleveland Farrell? Yeah, of course. The defensive end yeah. out of
0: – Clemson that was only a couple years ago
2: yeah so what I think of Sertan is kind of like him because he's he's a great player yep but nobody's talking about him like nobody expected Farrell to go at four yeah so but he was just that guy that shows that consistency that's just there that's present that's going to become come a good player yep so I agree um, he's number one on my board so we have
0: Sertan number one yes number two in Matthew Swanson's J.C. Horn. Yeah, I agree. This is the one I was going back and forth in my head, one or two, but I could see Horn wait, being two as well. I could yeah. feel this argument. Yeah,
2: and, and I, I love J.C. Horn. Again, SEC guy. Um, I actually – sometimes I like him better than Sertan. Yeah. Um, I just think he's a super aggressive corner at the line of scrimmage, um, just plays out of his mind as a ball hawk. Um, I watched a couple games with him, and I was super impressed. Teams tend to throw away from him because they were scared. Yeah. So. Um, he's a guy that I, I really like at the, in the second spot. So Okay, J.C. Can,
0: Horn, yeah. two. I also like him. That's the name that I've been doing some research on. I like that guy a lot. Yeah, I think the hype around him is all right. I mean, what do you feel like? I feel like there could be a little more discussions being had about him and his talent that he brings to the table. Oh, definitely. But no matter what, whether he's being talked about or not, I think it's a guy that's going to go definitely first round. Depends on where, you know, what teams draft and what they need, but he's definitely gonna be a first round type of guy. We have Sertain, we have Horn, number three. I mean, there's a lot of picks here, Matt Swanson. Be careful. There's a lot of cornerbacks that could go here. Not a talent. Number three, Matt, go ahead.
2: Asante Samuel.
0: Really? Okay.
2: Yeah. Yep. Let's see. This one's this one's different because you always see Newsom and Caleb Fairley. Yeah. Newsom was the name I was waiting for. Yes. So that's to come. That's going to be next. I'll give you Newsome next. Okay. The reason why I say this is because, man, I don't know what it is about this kid, but I just love him. Mm -hmm. I I really do, and I get it. There's size concerns there. Um, That's kind of difficult to overlook.
0: That's kind of like the Devontae Smith thing, though. Yeah. Like that could be overlooked. You can't match him up on like a Julio Jones who's like 6'8". Yeah. That can't happen, but if the defense and the defensive coordinator plans for it, and adjust properly, that's something that I could overlook. I could I could look past.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you look at Jair Alexander. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Perfect. Small corner. I know Will would probably bring him him up. He's a big fan, right, Will?
1: I love Jair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I knew it. Um, so, But the guy's got a dog mentality. And you look at Antoine Winfield last year with the Buccaneers, and I don't mean to go gaga over guys whose dads have played in the NFL before, but it seems like they're just ready. Yeah. they're more prepared it's like it's in their blood it's like just injected into my veins baby yeah. come on so uh he's a guy that just brings that jair mentality to the game and when i he's probably the biggest dog in this class if i'm going to put it that way he's just got that rough that mean mugging kind of attitude where hey i'm gonna you're gonna come up to the line of scrimmage and i'm gonna punch you in the mouth yeah and i love that about guys so i'm gonna put him there following that Newsom. mm-hmm I'm going to put him here because I feel like he's NFL ready and he can make an instant impact. But I feel like the guys that I placed ahead of him are more NFL ready right now. I think Newsom is going to be a great player at the next level. I think if he develops properly and goes to the right scheme, I think he's going to be great. Um, He's a long-length cornerback who can run. Kind of like Kevin King. Yeah. Minus the injury bug. Sure. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Please minus Yes. The bug. So, Newsom's a guy that I'm really looking forward to see where he's getting picked. I think he goes anywhere between 20 and 32. I don't think he drops out of the first Ooh. round. Fair. And then, you want me to rank my Yeah, last go ahead one? with that other yeah. last one. Okay. Caleb Fairley. And this is a guy that people are saying could go in the top 15. He could maybe be the number two cornerback on my list, but the problem is, he's only played... 14 games in the last two seasons Uh, granted COVID's been there but he's also been hurt he's had some extreme back injuries that people are worried about and um, when they do background checks on him so it's going to be interesting to see where he falls into the mix and I think he could be one of the surprises in the first round
0: that's one of the things that a lot of people were questioning when I I hate to keep bringing up this uh, name like Mitchell Trubisky but that's one of the things that people pointed to when he was drafted as to why would you draft him in front of a Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson because Mitchell Trubisky hadn't played that many games for North Carolina. He hadn't started that many games, hadn't had that starter experience. And so when you draft him and throw him into the starting lineup, granted it was later in the season in Chicago, but it it's a no brainer why that didn't work out.
2: Yeah, exactly. And personally and this isn't this doesn't go for everybody, but I don't like durability concerns. Mm-hmm. When you see a guy that's got two torn ACLs, has like a broken foot couple broken ankles, um, you know that the guy's maybe going to lose a step and you're already taking a risk in drafting a guy, but add those injuries on top of it. Okay. There's another risk. Now there's exceptions to this, like Buddha Baker for the Arizona Cardinals who tore his ACL in college, had to wait a year, comes in and just wrecks the league and becomes one of the top safeties in the league. Respect to him. He's an absolute dog to plays, flies around. But again, you're taking a risk and you're just adding on by drafting a guy that has some health issues. Okay, fair enough. I
0: like this analysis so far. I mean, you see, this is why we bring the guy in. Looks at certain... uh, I sit next to you in class, and I hope you don't mind me saying this. I sit next to you in one of our classes, and it's one of those classes, hour and a half, can kind of go long, not the most interesting from time to time. And I'm guilty of it too. But I look over at your computer sometimes, and there's NFL draft stuff, and you're you're working on your draft prospects. What in me the middle in of class? Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, no yeah. I do it too. Don't worry, we're no. all guilty of it. But yeah, I mean that's why we bring you on. You're doing a great job so far, Matt. This is our NFL draft expert Matthew Swanson at Matt M Swan 14 on Twitter. Give him a follow. Uh, let's continue on with our discussion here. Again, not predicting yet. I want top three of this other position because this is the type of stuff that you just bing off of people, bring up names that no one even thinks about or or bring up information. This guy, I mean, he was i uh... – I'll stop talking. Get out of the way. I want you to rank your top three offensive linemen in this
2: draft. Go. We'll go with number one? Yeah. I'm going to be controversial here. Hesitating. And I'm going to say it right now. Um, I am going to put Rashawn Slater at one. Wow. Yep. And I know Penny Sewell was in the Heisman voting. I get it. Go check out Rashawn Slater's tape versus Chase Young in college. Chase Young doesn't even sniff the quarterback or any of the running backs. Held him to zero sacks. I I believe maybe one pressure at max. Rashawn Slater was excellent in that game, and I've watched multiple tapes on him. The guy's got good balance. He's an athletic freak. Penny Sewell may be a little bit bigger and may have like a better anchor. So when you sit in your step and in your set, yeah. he's kind of a bigger body and he has to me like a lower center of gravity. So Slater can play with a little bit better leverage. But seeing him stone Chase Young was like something nobody in the college football world had seen because no other offensive tackle was able to do that. I don't, I can't even remember how many sacks Chase Young had in that year, his last year of school. It was ridiculous. He wrecked offenses. So he's number one. And then, as I said, I'm going to go with Sewell. Yeah, that's what I figured. And, and again, these guys can be interchangeable. Sewell, to me, is a guy, you can just see that he comes from an excellent family, a family that has very high moral values, standards, very respectable human being. But once he jumps on the field, good luck. Because if you've got a 330 pound man moving your way, he's going to run you over like a freight train. Yeah, Absolutely. So I, and I, I love Sewell. Sewell is probably my favorite prospect in this draft, but I'm going to be a little controversial and put Slater over him.
0: I like that. Slater, Sewell, who's number three? Darsaw.
2: Yeah. Christian Darsaw. No brainer. Everybody's talking about him. I I love this guy too. And I'll be honest with you. So if you remember last year's draft, there was talk about what tackles could go first. Andrew Thomas, I don't believe was the number one or the number two guy. And he's eventually the guy that went to the Giants. So I think Darasaw has the potential to be that kind of guy that goes over maybe Sewell and Slater. But if you look at Sewell and Slater right now, you're kind of like, no way. But if a team loves like a more road grader mentality and can kind of substitute his deficiencies in pass blocking, I think he could go ahead of those guys. But. He's a great player. He's got a dog-eat-dog mentality. Again, he'll chuck you into the cheap seats. If you go watch his highlight (laughs) film on YouTube, he actually pushes a guy into the stand. Like
0: some uh, um, Michael
2: Orr in the Blindside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, watch... You better watch it when you're around a guy like that because that's not somebody you want to get in, get in a bar fight with. So Yeah, just like Will McCormick. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, as we
0: transition <laughs> from not predicting to kind of predicting, but before we get to specific predictions, you follow following me, I want to ask you these questions. Number one, who's going to be the shocker pick of the first round that everybody's going to be floored by?
2: Good question because this Thanks. is really tough, and there's oh. not really a guy that I can pinpoint right now, but I'm going to say Jason O'Wai. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah defensive end penn state yep kind of flying under the radar yeah. athletic freak
0: i've heard some rumblings about him and how good he, <laughs> he really
2: is yeah i'll let you elaborate watching film he has not put it all together yet he's very very raw but teams tend to love to fall in love with guys that aren't all there yeah and this is that guy he runs uh four three six forty 40 at six foot five, two hundred and fifty five pounds. Oh my gosh. Now mind you, the guy that played middle linebacker for Penn State, Micah Parsons, yeah. didn't even run a forty that fast. It was like point zero three wow. seconds off. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't I never compared the two like that. Okay. Yeah. So kind of a guy that's just an athletic freak, long, lanky. He kind of reminds me a lot of Deion Jordan when the Dolphins took yeah. him yep. um a couple years ago. Um actually it's actually been a while. Man, we're getting old, aren't we? I feel it when I wake up in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) So he, I think, is going to be the shocker the first round, and I can see him maybe going to the Vikings. Um, And I'm not being biased towards the Packers here, and I'm not giving the Vikings a bad pick, but I think he's a viable option there. They're missing that Everson Griffin-type presence across from Donnell Hunter. I agree. So um, it could be a guy that they look at and say, hey, we want two freaks on the edge, let's take them.
0: We go from shocker of the first round here before we get to overall specific predictions. One last question here that I, I want to I want to be a little bit more broad. going to be a little bit harder on you, but that's all right. I know you can handle it. What player is going to be the sleeper? Not the sleeper to go here or there, but the sleeper that nobody is expecting to become an NFL star that's going to get drafted in like a fifth, sixth round and all of a sudden grow to be
2: this Tom Brady type.
0: Who's the next one in 2021?
2: The (laughs) sleeper uh, is going to be Kenny Nwangwu. Okay. Kenny Nwangwu. Nwangwu. Remember this name. Yeah. After what you just did, of course I will. This guy's out of (laughs) Iowa State. Okay. He has played very few games, has not started a lot. Wow. And this kind of contradicts what I was saying about the quarterbacks, but he sat behind Brees Hall at Iowa State. For forever, along with David Montgomery, who's on the Bears right now. So this guy is a junior, he's come out of college, but he is explosive as heck. If you watch his film, the guy's in on kick returns, can run the ball, can catch out of the backfield. Kind of like a freak. Um, if you look at and I don't want to say he's Tyree Kill either, but he's got that kind of like, Wow, he's got burst, man, and he's just a step quicker than everybody else. Mm So this guy's gotten very limited snaps, has been involved on special teams once in a while. It's a guy that I think a lot of people are going to fall in love with and look at. And just by watching the brief amounts of things he's shown on film, such as his speed and his ability to do, to enter himself into all facets of the game, I think he's right. going to be a variable, very valuable asset for NFL teams. Interesting. Okay. The sleeper. Or with a snore in the middle, like Matthew Swanson added.
0: That's the personality. That's the information that our NFL draft expert, Matthew Swanson, brings to the table. Matt, now I'm going to open it up to you. Let's get into specifics here. I want your mock, but we're not going to go through all 32 picks because, you know, we're on a time schedule. Tony G Nation is very impatient with us time to time. So, we're going to make it a little bit more specific. This is Matthew Swanson's shortened mock draft. I want you to go over the top 10 in the NFL draft, then we're going to go over the NFC North, and then we're going to go over the Packers draft. Now, I, I mentioned that because in the top 10, the Lions have the 7th pick, so we'll kill two birds with one stone there. Top 10 in the draft, explanations. Go ahead.
2: Okay, first pick. I'm going to go with uh Can Trevor. I announce it? Yeah.
0: Okay. Welcome to the 2021 NFL Draft. This is Matthew Swanson's mock draft. Going number one from Clemson University quarterback
2: Trevor Lawrence. Nice Dawn. Thanks. Thanks. Applause, applause, applause. Can does the NFL draft need a PA announcer? Yes. I think we found our guy. Uh, Will McCormick?
1: Yes. No, not me. <laughs> So oh, uh, they're
2: they're Trevor obviously going to go Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Urban Meyer has not said it, but he's allegedly said it. We're going Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So that's well the, the way he pick. watched
0: him at his pro day. I mean, he was like right next to him. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah,
2: it was unlike anything I've ever seen. Keep yeah, going. yeah. So that's it. Number, should I go to the second yeah. pick? Yeah, no, just fly pick? fly through as you okay. feel. Okay, New York Jets. He's not the second best player on my board, but I'm going to go Zach Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I I just. I think they've fallen in love with him uh, with his upside. I think he's got very high upside too. I like Fields better, but Wilson, as he's shown in his pro day, throwing in shorts doesn't mean anything to me. I'm just going to put that out there and say that, but I think he's the guy that they've fallen in love with in this process, and it's kind of like that Patrick Mahomes-type unicorn kind of guy that may come through and play really well. Number three, we're going to go with the San Francisco 49ers here. And – I really want to say Kyle Pitts, but based oh. off of what we're hearing with Mac Jones and what Kyle Shanahan likes in a quarterback, a guy that can sit back in the pocket as a hard worker, studier of film, I think he goes here. Who? Mac Jones.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Over Justin Fields?
2: Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've asked you this multiple times. I know. Elaborate. Yeah. And I, I, I'm i not being consistent with my big board here. That's all right. Like, th- That's th- all right. This contra- completely contradicts That's it. why but, I hey, separated
0: the two. That's fine.
2: Hey, it's a mock draft. It's, it's a like mock. an NCAA bracket.
0: Yep. You never know. It's a piece of junk. Yeah, yeah. except you are 100% accurate. You're Matthew so,
2: Swanson. Shanahan, as you've seen in the past, he traded for Jimmy G. Yeah. He ha- He's had guys like Matt Ryan, guys that aren't particularly athletic, but they do a lot of small things well. And Mac Jones is in this mold of that type of player and a guy that Shanahan, I think, is going to covet down the stretch. Um, Jimmy G is okay. He's a decent quarterback. And if I was Shanahan, I'd actually get him more weapons because last year you had a bad break with injuries. But... Having to restart isn't necessary. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I've I've said that multiple times too. Yeah. Yeah. So you're throwing Mac Jones, though into a situation similar to what he had at Alabama. An excellent O-line, one of the best teams in terms of talent around him, yeah. in terms of the sporting cast, like running backs, wide receivers. you got Debo, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, if you're looking at these guys, you're like, man, he's going to be set up for a while. So I think they're, that's going to kind of mitigate their fear of drafting Jones for the fear of that he's not as athletic as some of the other guys. I think this is going to make them more comfortable. Sure. Yeah.
0: All right, so we have the top three. Yep.
2: Four. Atlanta Falcons, Kyle yep. Pitts. Yep, there it is. He
0: he wasn't going to go. No. To, and he's top five.
2: Yes, without a doubt. And the reason why I say this is because there's rumors of them unloading Julio Jones' yeah, contract. Yeah, which could be big. Yeah, exactly. And, and in order for Atlanta get, to get better, I think they need to suck it up, and I think they need to do something with it. And it's going to be really hard because Julio Jones is probably the second best wide receiver I've seen in my time alive right yeah. next to Calvin Johnson. Sure. So I uh I think they're gonna go with him. Uh at number five, it gets kinda interesting. You see the Cincinnati Bengals sitting there. Yep. And if you look at that scar on Joe Burrow's knee, that's gonna make you think twice between them picking a wide receiver and an offensive tackle. Mm. And in this case, I think they go offensive tackle. Sure. Um and right now what I'm gonna say is I think they're gonna fall in love with Pen Sewell. Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, again going against your, yeah, your rankings. Against, but that's against all right. It's a against mock. my big board. It's I like a mock. It. So I just think that in this case, sometimes the big name guys are what teams fall in love with. Sometimes they kind of put the rankings aside and say, hey, this guy, I don't know, is he's got a bigger name. He was in the Heisman voting. Like, look at what he's done. And I, I don't think there's much of a difference between Sewell and Slater, to be honest with you. Yep. Like I said, they can be moved interchangeably. So I think he's a great fit here. you got to protect Burrow, man. He doesn't have a very good offensive line. His weapons are okay, not excellent, but you can always add a guy in a relatively deep receiver class like this one later on. Number six, uh, we got the—who's at number six right now? It's Miami. I think this is going to be a spot where they potentially trade down, without a doubt. But I think what would be a fun combination here is Jamar Chase with the Miami Dolphins. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I could see it's a that. Te- it's a team that's building. I could also see them going Slater in this case, but obviously Tua's there. You get him a weapon, and I think Chase. I know Devontae Smith is there. He's excellent, but you got to get the best receiver in the draft. In this, my opinion, there's no doubt that it's Jamar Chase. Yeah, and the
0: hesitation there that we didn't know who was at six was because the Dolphins got it from the Eagles recently. I was thinking Eagles, but I knew it wasn't right. It is Dolphins. Now, seventh, this is where we knock out two birds with one stone in the NFC North. Yeah. Detroit Lions.
2: So you're going to get that Dan Campbell kneecap eating kind Golly, of guy. What a weird guy. Dan Campbell, man. You got to eat the kneecaps. And right here, <laughs> I'm going to go with Christian Darsaw. Okay. So I have Slater I falling farther down the board. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting, I think. I, <laughs> I also find it very intriguing. So, but I, I guess it's my mock, so this is what I'm doing. You do what you do. So, saw man, like, road greater mentality. And Dan Campbell's looking to bring that new type of energy to Detroit. And Detroit's been lacking a good football team for a while. But as you've seen with the Indianapolis Colts, how do you build a football team? You build it through the trenches. I also like Micah Parsons in this case because I think him and Darasaw are two of the toughest players in this class. But I'm going to go with the offensive lineman because I think to give your quarterback time to throw, you can stick any quarterback behind a great offensive line and make them decent. Yeah. So why not draft him? And they've already got a good basis going for them with guys like Jonah Jackson, Tyler Deckert on that right-hand side.
0: Interesting. You're doing great so far. I, I keep coming up with questions. Why I was going to ask you, why would they go offensive lineman compared to any other talent position or any other defensive position? And you answered it. So you're doing great so far. Yeah. We're through seven in your top 10. Number eight, Carolina. Just acquired Sam Darnold.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go with uh, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. There he goes, finally. Yeah. Um, I think he's just a playmaker, man. He's <laughs> wrecked college football. People yeah. are complaining about his size. Look at Steve Smith. Ironically, going back to the Carolina Panthers here, yeah. that's where I'm making the affiliation. I mean, Steve Smith was a guy that just showed up day in and day out, a guy that came to the field and was like, hey, I'm going to beat you, and you're not going to have a chance at covering me. Absolutely. So I, I, I love him. Um, I think that's going to be the pick in this situation. Nine now. Nine, the Denver Broncos, and then Dallas Cowboys. Oh, we're burning through it, man. Yeah. Holy wow, It's going by fast. Yep. Um, let's go with Justin Fields. Mm, okay. Finally. Oh, what are you thinking there? Ah, you know, I.
0: it's a question that Fields is going to be even available at that time, but, you know, another quarterback for this Denver Broncos team and John Elway when they have a history of not making it work out. So it'll be interesting to see.
1: Are you not a Drew Locke fan?
0: No, I am not a Drew wow. Locke fan. Oh, boy. Matthew Swanson's going to have to step out. Sorry, man. No, Harry, go ahead. Hey, go goodbye, ahead, goodbye, folks. So, Justin Fields, you think they're really going to go there, drop the whole Drew Locke experiment, drop the whole every quarterback that they've from? I, I don't know, Paxton Lynch and so on. Trevor Simeon, these guys are going to drop these experiments and just go with the safe pick. If he's there, Justin Fields.
2: Yes, I do. I think they have a very good supporting cast for him Um, in terms of receivers. Look at all they invested in last year. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton's there. Um, KJ Hamler. You can't forget about him. He's dynamite in a bottle. Not to mention the tight ends they have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Noah Fant. Yeah, exactly. Tone. Good point. I love it. Yeah. So get the guy that's going to get them the ball. And I don't think Drew Locke showed that. I think he's kind of just, he may be a good backup in the NFL for a while. But that's just my opinion. I just don't see that star mentality quality with him. I think Denver is another excellent candidate to trade down in this situation because I think there's going to be some QB hungry teams that are going to be like, hey, we'll give up the farm yeah. uh, to get, I don't know, a piece of chicken. I don't know. That's <laughs> probably not how it goes. But, I don't think that's how it goes. No. I think
0: the the principle is there, though, for what you're trying to imply. Yeah, And I think you're right. There is going to be a lot of teams that are quarterback hungry that might try to trade up. And these teams that already have their quarterback situation set, might try to trade down and get out of the situation in order for a couple extra draft picks. Yeah, It's always interesting to see how trades go on draft day during the draft. It'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Number 10, Dallas
2: Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, and I think everybody's predicting this, but uh, Patrick Sertan. Yeah. Um, I think it's just an obvious need for them. Corner is something that's been hurting them in the past couple years. Um, They've had guys kind of go through um, the ringer. They had Chidobe Awuzie. He signed away now. Um, they also had Jordan Lewis, who was a fifth rounder out of Michigan. Solid corner in college, like phenomenal. Um, all Big Ten, but he's not the type of guy that you want covering. Um, I don't know, for example, like a Devontae Adams, um, a guy that's just very established. Uh, I think you got to go with a young guy with a lot of upside and uh, get through the growing pains and then see where he leads you. I think unanimously in most people's boards, he's the top corner, and I think that's somebody they have to go with um, in order to compete down the road because a lot of the teams in that division aren't going to get any worse. Interesting that we have the first 10 in Matthew Swanson's
0: mock draft. Let's jump to 14 as we move to the NFC North mock picks. We already did the Lions at 7, so they're done. We'll do the Packers' last because, you know, that's what we're closest to here. That's our market that we're in. Vikings and Bears will do in between. Vikings will jump to the 14th pick, Minnesota. Can you guys give me your pick for this one? I want to see what you think. Oh, you're going to make me scramble for this one. They need offensive line help. So according to your mock draft, whoever is available at at the offensive line position, one of those three that you named, either Slater or, or, you know, depending on who you have going, I'll coincide with your your mock draft here. I say they go offensive line.
1: Yeah, I guess I would have to agree. I mean, the times I've watched the Vikings play, their offensive line has just been torched, like just giving up way too many sacks. I think they should protect their elite quarterback in uh, Kirk Cousins.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as they would say, allegedly. 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 So here you guys have a great thought process because they either are going to go offensive line or they're going to go defensive line. Um, in this case, I think Slater goes 11 to the Chargers. I think that's as far as he falls if he doesn't go higher. And that's, to me, as a guarantee. That's a no-brainer. Um, these three tackles in this class are, in my mind, just absolutely excellent. But if he's not there, I think this is where Tevin Jenkins potentially goes a lot higher than most people expect. Yeah. I think there's going to be some teams that fall in love with him out of Oklahoma State. Road greater mentality. Uh, in, in my mind, right up there with Darasaw is the toughest offensive tackle in this class and a guy that's going to set the tone for years to come. I think he's going to be an excellent pick to any team that adds him in the stretch. Um, he's just got great run blocking ability, solid and pass protection. I don't see why he wouldn't be worth the risk. Yeah, So I right. think the Vikings maybe take a risk on here, him here. And if they don't go offensive line, I think they go Pay from Michigan. Okay, the Defensive yeah. end. If he's there too, that's another guy early on. Yeah. So Vikings at 14, Bears have
0: the 20th overall pick. Go ahead with Chicago.
2: Okay. So again, I put, I made a list of guys that could potentially go here. So I put Tevin Jenkins again because I think he's an opportunity. He has an opportunity to go anywhere in that range from 10 to 20. So I think he could go here. But I'm going to go with, this is a very tough pick because I feel like the Bears, they're very sound on defense. So I don't want to yeah. give them another defender. I think they need another solid offensive lineman.
1: And it's almost like I mean, out of any team to take a quarterback weirdly late in the first round, I would not be shocked if the Bears did even though they that's just excellent. Even though they just picked up Andy Dalton through free agency, I could see them still going to get a quarterback.
2: Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. Tone, can you see that? I I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. I don't know. <laughs>
0: I'll play devil's advocate here. No, I don't see them doing that. Okay. You know why? Because they're the Bears, and they don't make mo- <laughs> the right moves with their quarterback situation. So, no, I don't see that. At-
2: okay. All right. Well, I, I completely respect that. I'm just going to take a look at their depth chart here. I There's just a glaring need on the offensive line on that right side um, from right guard to right tackle. So, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say they add Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. Okay. Um, this is a guard that I really like anywhere from mid first to early second. I think he's an excellent, excellent prospect. And you've seen it with guys like Elton Jenkins for the Packers. And I know I keep bringing up Packers examples, but what better guy could they have taken in the second round? They couldn't have exactly. And nobody knew who he was. People were like, Oh, he's an offensive lineman, not the sexiest pick. If I may say that on this show. Uh, Um, but you get what I'm saying? I mean, he's a guy that's going to come in for years, maybe give you five Pro Bowl years, but he's going to be a quality starter for the next decade. Yeah. All right.
0: Interesting. Vikings at 14. Bears at 20. We did the Lions at 7. Um, we're going to move to the Packers discussion here. They have 10 total picks. I want you to give, you know, I, it's going to be a lot to go through each 10 picks. So I guess we'll just go through, like, the first pick, and then if you want to get specific in, like, the second. But then from, like, the third on, just general positions or needs that you think they might fill here or there. We don't have to get too specifics with, with each of the eight picks that remain after the first and second round.
2: Yeah, that's excellent because I could probably couldn't name any guys in the draft after round five. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's impossible to try to mock that far. I mean, I know guys do it, but it's just a shot in the dark anyway. So the Packers pick at 29 overall in the first, 62 overall in the second, and then anything else you see from there?
2: Okay, so first at 29 overall, they're going to be either looking at corner or offensive tackle, left mm-hmm. tackle, right tackle, excuse me. Bakhtiari's at left. They might have to substitute the guy in.
0: You don't think they go first-round wide receiver. Now, this is something I know they do not do, and I've been saying it, but I've been seeing a lot of rumblings that they might go first-round wide receiver.
2: I, I, I don't disagree with those rumblings entirely, but I just don't see it.
1: I, I would echo what you're saying about the offensive line, losing Corey Lindsley having to potentially move Elton Jenkins to center, they need to protect Aaron, and they need to keep that run game strong so the pass game can thrive. Yes. Especially in, in an offense that seems to use a lot of play action.
2: Yes, 100%. That's an excellent point. I don't see them. Can I throw in this question before you continue with yes. the offensive line? I, I didn't even finish. What do you I know, mean to continue? I know, but I have this <laughs>
0: another question here before you get into it. Listen. Yeah. I've been looking at mock drafts throughout the last week or so, and I see cornerbacks going there. I've seen a certain going there falling there. I've seen JC falling there. Really? Yes. I can give all credits. I think one was CBS, one was the draft something or another. Yeah. I you, I could look up my Google history and I could tell you.
1: And maybe maybe the thought process there is that Jair, I believe they're exercising his fifth-year option. They are. So maybe they're being maybe they're kind of thinking Packers might not be able to afford to keep him. Yeah. So I, I guess I could kind of see those predictions, but that would be kind of weird on a team that just re-signed Kevin King yeah. and seems to have a decent secondary and Chandon Sullivan too.
2: Phenomenal points. So yes.
1: that does seem kind of weird. Yes.
2: But. That's all I have to say is yes. <laughs> yeah, Tone, I, to echo your point, I mean, you've seen corners going there the whole time. Brian Gutekind showed up at every single major cornerbacks pro day. Yeah. Every single one. And when a GM does that, that says something to me. I, I just, I don't think it's a shot in the dark. But the Packers are forty-two million dollars over the cap for next year already. They're not gonna. They have to cut people. They're um,
0: yeah. They're they're stuck between a rock and a hard place with money.
2: Yeah, and they Packers fans should be scared because I don't think it's gonna be very bright in the future after this year. I think it's gonna be a kind of a dark time. It's one of those times where you go spend gluttonously in free agency. I think that's a word, gluttonously. I will say it yeah. is. Yeah, and then you you bite the dust later, right? Yeah. You see a lot of teams do it. Um. So, I, I think they do continue going corner here just out of the fact alone that Gudikins has gotten every single major corners pro day. So, I think that they're going to go with DeSante Samuel here because I think he's the number one cornerback left on the board after Certain, Horn, and then I believe Newsom goes well before this as well.
0: I think I saw Newsom there too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Newsom is the name that I think I saw a lot instead of a Certain.
0: Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah you're right yeah okay so then do you have a specific one for the second round at 62 overall
2: right now and I don't know if he lasts this long but a guy that I love in this draft is Liam Eichenberg. okay and the guy's an offensive tackle out of Notre Dame he's not phenomenal in terms of like a wow factor of athleticism but he's a guy that's kind of like steady Eddie he's kind of like that that Packers guy that like Chad Clifton that Mark Tauscher and I know the NFL has changed a lot but he's going to be a guy that comes in and starts for the next decade. So that's where I think they go with this pick. And again, I'm just, this is a mock. I'm taking a shot in the dark, man. So in the third round, I'm going to go with a wide receiver and I'm going to go with Amari Rogers out of Clemson. This guy is kind of in that Devonte Adams mold where he's short, six foot one, 203 pounds, 215 pounds. Kind of a guy that's just excellent after the catch. He's got good hands. And that's basically what I see in him as a guy that's going to be Mr. Consistency, a guy that they can add opposite Devontae to take some pressure off of him. Because the one thing that the Packers receivers don't do well, other than Lazard, is catch with their hands. That's and you true. And you see how often MBS, it, it, it hurts them um, down the stretch. So MVS, great downfield threat, but they need that guy that can kind of get over the middle again yeah. and break up coverages. So that's what I see there. Fourth round, now they have two fourth round picks, and here I have them going with two Iowa guys. And this is the last of my picks: Davion Nixon out of Iowa, defensive tackle, six foot four, three hundred fifteen pounds. Tone, I was talking to about you to, with him or uh, with with you me about, about him. him yeah, excuse yeah. me earlier. He's an excellent guy, uh, big defensive tackle, guy that can just be a game record when he wants to. There are some character concerns in the background about him being maybe a locker room issue, but if he can get past that and grow up a little bit, I think he's going to be an excellent pick for the Packers, kind of in that Mike Daniel mold, later defensive lineman, potentially high-impact guy that can come in and make a difference. Um, And then for my final fourth-round pick, I'm going to go with Amir Smith-Marset, who I think is the other ultimate sleeper in this draft class. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, he's a wide receiver. So he's excellent, a guy that can get down the field. Um, In my mind, he... Is the guy in this draft class out of the wide receivers that is probably the best, but the best that's not getting the most hype? If that makes sense, you make perfect sense. Yeah, you are crystal clear. Thank you. I hope so.
0: You know, that's all I have for you. I think we're good to wrap up with you, Matt. That was excellent uh, analysis, NFL draft talk and discussion. I mean, you know, you do a great job. You do excellent work
2: preparation. And I mean, this is your baby year to year. Yeah. So
0: thanks for coming on and giving us your analysis, man. It, it, was, it was great.
2: Yeah. Hey, you know, it's, it's my pleasure to come on with you guys. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, and for those of you that are out there, if you want to listen into, listen to a guy that's does oh, the work, um, is really good at what he does, very articulate, very specific with his points and kind of make some bold predictions. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Listen to this guy. Tune in. Invest in him because he's going to go far. Um, and I hope you follow him throughout his career. So, I,
0: I appreciate the kind words, Matt. And speaking about followings, at Twitter at Matt M Swan, fourteen. Is there anywhere else that people can catch you or what what you do, your work?
2: Um. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, if you have any questions, just DM me. I'm always open to talking to people. I have a gift of gab, so. Get um, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm always open. So, and Will knows that especially because I'm his roommate. So yeah, <laughs> reach out to me. I'd love to hear what you have to say. If you have any opposing opinions to this show, let me know. I'll relay them to Tony and I'm sure he'd love to hear it too. Yeah.
0: At Tony G show on Twitter at Willis5312 on Twitter as well. All right, Matt, that'll do it. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, we'll kick you out of the studio here. This was a great, great, great interview. Thanks for coming around. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. All right, as we kick Matthew Swanson out of the Tony G Show studio here. Finally. <laughs> Immersively <if I> <laughs> comes to an end. No, he was great. That was great insight. Oh, yeah. Uh, we always look forward to getting him on the show. Thursday is the NFL draft. That's why we got him on today. So we have time to get the episode out there. People can listen to it and you know get at him if they feel like they agree or disagree with whatever he said or get at us.
1: So he better get his top 10 picks exactly right. Otherwise, he's not coming on ever again.
0: Ever again. <laughs> yeah, he better be 100% correct. No, he was great. I look forward to the rest. Only two episodes after today, Will. I know. Two. And one is Jason Fonder, and then our season finale on Tuesday, May May 4th.
1: Time flies and you're having fun. That's all I can say. I
0: mean, you couldn't be any more right about that one. Well, that'll do it for this episode, Will. I'll see you Thursday. Yeah, I'll see you Thursday. Okay, thanks again to our NFL draft expert, Matthew Swanson. I'm Tony G. Only two episodes remain in Season 6 of the Tony G Show. We look forward to it.